Welcome to the Community HealthCast, brought to you by the Queen's Community Health Board. My name is Rick Conrad, and I'll be your host today, along with our coordinator and podcast producer, Elizabeth Bailey. Hi, Elizabeth. How are you today? Oh, I'm great, Rick. How are you? Good, thanks. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. It's a very happy story, I think, so it'll be nice. Well, Elizabeth, as we all know, the past year has been a challenging one for many of us. When the COVID pandemic hit Nova Scotia last March, those in long-term care were among the highest risk and the hardest hit. Sadly, we saw many cases and deaths in those facilities. Because of that, long-term care homes had to take some very strict measures to protect their residents. A year later, we are finally seeing those restrictions loosen and residents are being vaccinated. March 29th marked a day of celebration for one of those facilities. The residents of Queen's Manor in Liverpool received their first vaccinations on that day, 454 days since the start of the pandemic. And we are so pleased to welcome Andrew McVicker to the podcast. He is the executive director of Queen's Manor, and he's here to talk to us about that day of celebration and what that means for the Manor's residents and staff. Hi, Andrew, and thanks so much for joining us. Good morning to you both, and thank you so much for asking me to come on to talk about, you're right, a very celebratory topic. So thank you very much. So I guess we'll just start with a couple of general questions, Andrew. Uh, How many residents and staff are at Queen's Manor? So we are a 61-bed facility. Currently, we have 60 residents uh, as we are keeping one bed open for, I guess, contingency planning should we have an outbreak in the building. And probably our primary use for that vacant bed is to allow for isolation with uh, new admissions, new residents that come in from the community. So if we need to isolate them, but they plan to go into a double room, we can use that extra bed in a single room to do the isolation safely. So so 61 uh, residents pre-COVID, and we run around 110 staff. Of that 110, I would say probably 85 to 92 are what I would call core regular biweekly staff that we see on the payroll uh, every two weeks. So we are a big employer and a, a home for 61 people. So what has the past year been like for everybody at the manor? It has been a, I mean, I could throw all the different sayings out there. It's, it's certainly been a roller coaster. We've really, as a group, and I say that when, when I talk about us. Uh, I'm speaking about the people that work there and the people that live there. And we've traveled a real spectrum of emotions. Early on, there was, not unlike both of you and anyone listening to this podcast, uh, there was that lack of sense of control and a lot of worry and anxiety, unknowns, lots of panic for sure, discomfort. There was some fear. There was some anger. I mean, the full spectrum of kind of negative emotions um, were there. But then as things transitioned and we learned more about COVID and we learned more about how it was transmitted and we learned more about public health measures that can really prevent that transmission and we were able to implement those measures so that we can start to create a new normal at Queen's Manor that brings us closer to what we're known for, which is a a true home for the residents, a place where it's fun to work and it is very fun to live there. So, you know, we transitioned from that fear and that anxiety to more of a sense of hope and flexibility and determination to work as a team and come up with our new normal so that our residents feel like they're back in their home again and are having fun and enjoying celebrations at different holidays and doing what Queen's Manor does best, which is create a home and celebrate and have a party and listen to music and drink the odd beer and all those things that I think really make us stick out as a unique and fun 
long-term care facility in Nova Scotia. I remember uh, we locked the doors to visitation. I think it was March 15th. And then that was a Sunday. And the following day I came in to work and we met with the leadership team. And the first thing I said was, if there was ever a time to find the best version of yourself and start bringing it to work, it's now. And and that's going to be hard some days. And today's best version of yourself might not be the same as tomorrow's or yesterday's, but we're all here to prop each other up and get through it. And, and that's really what the entire staff has done. The residents have shown just incredible resiliency over the last year. I cannot say a word strong enough that offers my thanks to the staff, the residents, the community. Again, I don't have a word strong enough to reflect my pride in those people as well. So it has been a year, let me just tell you. <laughs> and and despite all that uncertainty and the fear, you guys even went viral sort of early on for that fun um, thing you were doing with photos of the residents. So just talk a, mm-hmm. just a bit about that, just to refresh people's memory. Yeah, so uh, it was around this time. In fact, last week, our recreation department, which I have to tell you, I, I cannot tell you how proud we are of them and how well-known they are across the province as being just a really creative, innovative group of recreation programmers. So last week, we did a Facebook piece where we were holding up chalkboards as the staff were getting their vaccines. So each staff member was holding up a chalkboard reflecting on why they are personally excited about getting the vaccine. And through my own personal Facebook account, a memory came up from the year prior to that day that it was the day that we did our CBC piece uh, with all of our, well, first of all, we did a, a similar Facebook post with our residents holding up chalkboards with kind of humorous, comical comments about how we're beating the pandemic or how we're maintaining a sense of humor during the pandemic. And and one of my favorites was one of our residents who was holding up two dumbbells and her message was that uh, she's flattening her own curve. So it was, you know, it was very uh, tongue in cheek and very typical Queen's Manor. And so CBC caught wind of it and did a piece on you know, at that time, as you can imagine, it's not a whole lot different now. I mean, what you were seeing in the press about long-term care was primarily negative, And it was an opportunity for them to show that, you know, while there's a lot of, of scary things on the outside of long-term care facilities, the people that work there are really focused on maintaining that sense of normalcy and home for their residents. And so we were really, really proud of that. In the last couple of months, what's a typical day been like for residents and staff at the manor if such a thing exists? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And again, I I might sound like a broken record here, but you know, we need to make sure that while behind the scenes we're planning for worst case scenarios and we're thinking about what ifs, throughout the manner, we need our residents to know that they're secure and safe and to live a healthy life. And a healthy life involves fun and recreation and leisure and a little bit of I don't know, mischievous behavior and the way we live our lives as people who aren't living in long-term care facilities. So a typical day now is is just all kinds of creative ways to bring that recreation programming to our residents. The timing couldn't have been more perfect last year. We had received uh, funding through a provincial innovation program and we received funding for virtual reality technology. And so we received that technology in May of last year. So that's been a big piece of our programming. So residents are able to virtually travel the world and check things off their bucket list. So that's a big part of a typical day. And then, you know, early on, a big piece of our typical day was making sure that the information that our staff 
was receiving was credible, evidence-based, based on science and facts, and not all kinds of rumor and, frankly, just false information on social media. So we ran a really transparent town hall campaign with our staff. We tied in our staff Facebook account to make sure that as we were gleaning more evidence-based information from public health, Dr. Strang's office, Department of Health, we were making sure that they were getting that same information. A big part of early on, a big part of our typical day was a word that I don't think I ever really (laughs) considered in my life before, and that was cohorting. So making sure that if you were a nurse that works on the West uh, Wing, that's the only wing you now worked on. Residents that would normally mingle throughout the building had to stay on their wing. One of our biggest worries was social isolation, and that really compounds that for the residents. So our recreation programming really moved from a centralized program where we brought everyone out into the big room and did everything together to more individualized programming in each of the dining rooms to make sure that we were following the cohorting. And then, of course, as a recreation programmer, if you were working on the West Unit, you could only work on the West Unit. So that really, again, complicated things. And our scheduler, I got to tell you, every day I would come in and I'd say, you are trying to solve an impossible Rubik's Cube. She did an amazing job of that. So typical days now where, you know, I think if I were to transport you into Queen's Manor right now and you had the opportunity to just watch what our residents are doing, I don't know if you'd sense that there's a whole lot different. We're in masks. But, you know, the smiles are on the faces. What was an atypical day has become quite typical now again. Tell me about the day the vaccinations began. What was that like? The protocols and the processes that have to be in place to deliver the vaccine are very strict, obviously. I think of it like a turkey dinner, lots of preparation work, and then it comes in and happened in 15 minutes. It was incredible how... Uh, efficient we were with Dr. Woodford giving the vaccines. You know, early on, once we made sure that we didn't break that temperature chain, so the vaccines had to stay at a certain temperature and there was certain protocols in place to make sure that as it moved from Halifax to the regional hospital here and then over to us at the manor that we had everything in place. And then it was a well-oiled machine, I have to say. We moved throughout the building and vaccinated all of the residents. We actually did it quicker than we thought we would. We then did a designated caregiver clinic. So it happened over three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And we also were able to vaccinate more of our staff, which was amazing. We turned it into a celebration and recognizing that's that one more step towards getting back to normal. So, And if you follow the Queen's Manor Facebook page, even through this whole thing for the past year, you consistently saw joy and you know mm-hmm. happiness on that mm-hmm. page. What's it been like since the vaccines have been given to residents and some staff? To be very truthful, day to day, not much has changed since we've been vaccinated. And and there's a couple of reasons for that. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, what happens within the walls at Queen's Manor is really dependent on directives from Department of Health and Public Health and the Medical Officer of Health. And I have to say, over the last year, I feel like I've received an honorary degree in epidemiology and infectious disease. It's safe to say what we know about the vaccine is that it reduces the risk of medical complications and the severity of of this disease. And so what's really changed, I think, is, is less logistical operational stuff and more a sense that if COVID-19 were to come into our building, there is a sense that the outcome of that would not be as devastating. And there's almost a sense that we've taken COVID-19 and maybe turned it into influenza. Not that that's a good thing, um, but it's certainly preferable. And we know how to deal with that. 
So I think it's just maybe taking the edge off a bit. I think as we get closer to herd immunity in, in the community and we see higher vaccination levels in the community, I think then that's when you'll see some pretty significant changes in the operations of the manor, in our ability to open the doors a bit more. And we've got more volunteers coming in now. That restriction was loosened. Again, it's being done creatively with lots of physical distancing, masks, plexiglass, all those things that you see in retail and restaurants. We have a volunteer who is famous for coming in on Thursdays and creating wonderful cinnamon rolls and cookies, and she's able to do that again. And so just when you walk in on a Thursday morning, you can tell things are getting closer to normal just through your sense of smell, which is nice. What are the protocols now for people coming into the building? You're allowing visitors and some caregivers, is that right? Yeah. So last summer, they opened up visitation uh, under very strict guidelines. So obviously, during the summer months, the preference is outdoor visitation because the virus is very, it's less uh, transmittable in, in the outdoors. Plus, we have a beautiful courtyard. And so we've had visitation out there since I think it was last July. A little too cool for that yet now. But we do have indoor visitation in our library, which has a separate entrance. It requires booking in advance. It is under the supervision of one of our staff to come in to visit. You have to go through strict screening, wear your mask, uh, hand washing protocol. Like I said, an active screening to make sure that you're not demonstrating any symptoms, haven't been exposed to anyone with the virus. At that given time, if there are any travel restrictions in place, we make sure that you haven't traveled outside the province or whatever that may be. And you can visit with the resident at a six-foot distance. We have a uh, plexiglass divider up. And so, listen, it's not where we want to be, no doubt about that. However, it's the best we can do to be safe. I mean, we've been riding this, what I've been calling a spectrum uh, or a slider between safety and compassion all year. And this time last year, the slider was all the way up against safety. And that's not to say that the staff didn't have compassion for the residents. Obviously, we always have that, but we really had to err on the side of safety and health and really restrict what we could provide our residents in terms of visitation and programming. As we've learned more, we've been able to to move that slider more towards the compassion side. And we know we can do that while still maintaining that same level of safety because we know more about the virus. And so the visitation protocols that we have in place now are are, uh, consistent with what Department of Health and Public Health are telling us to do. It's uh, challenging because it requires more staffing because all visitation has to be supervised and we do that. But again, our staff have stepped up incredibly to do that. And, you know, we also have FaceTime visitation. So if you wanted to visit with uh, a loved one through FaceTime, we have iPads for our residents to use. And we have several residents that like that. And it's great because if you're in Calgary, you can visit with your grandmother in Liverpool. So that's been great. There have been some silver linings from this for sure. Uh, One of the things has been our recreation department has really seen the benefits of smaller programming, more focused individual programming. And that is something that on the other side of this, we will be implementing more. We've seen some residents who are maybe a little shy to come out to some of the bigger uh, events really benefiting from these more individualized programs. So that's certainly something that we're going to take forward. So, And how have the residents coped with this whole thing for the past year? You know, nothing replaces family. Nothing replaces personal friendships and connections in the community. 
But with that said, I cannot stress enough how we have come together as a staff there to make sure that social isolation is minimized as much as possible. I think Queen's Manor staff is known for their compassion for the residents and for every department. You know, I cannot stress this enough. Every department is part of the care that we provide the residents. So when our kitchen staff comes out at lunch to provide the meals, it's a first name basis with the residents. There's lots of fun banter between residents and kitchen staff and environmental staff and maintenance staff and me. You know, I don't hunker down in my office every day. I like to go out and play cards and mingle with the residents and the staff and get to know them more. So we are a community within a community. I think they've coped very well. I think the combination of eased restrictions and having visitation, outdoor visitation in our courtyard in the middle of July, while there is that distance element, you're allowed to give brief hugs. But, you know, a visit out in our courtyard in mid-July, it's pretty nice. And so we've really moved that slider towards compassion and make sure that we're maintaining safety but maintaining that sense of home. So I think they've done an amazing job. The residents, I'm really proud of everyone inside that facility. So what is the uh, plan for the next few months then for the manor? A saying I've heard through all kinds of meetings with colleagues across the province is the concept of building the plane while you fly it. And we'll continue to do that. It's hard to say what the next few months are going to bring. It's day by day. We will continue easing restrictions when it's safe to do so and when we're told to do so. And hopefully as society and community in general is vaccinated, we'll be able to open our doors. And I've already promised the residents and the staff that we'll be having a big old Queen's Manor party when we can can truly open the doors and get back to normal. But we don't know when that's going to be. The next couple of months will continue to be day by day and maintaining a focus on the lifestyle and uh, well-being of the residents and the staff. Uh, You know, I can't stress enough how proud I am uh, and grateful of the staff. They have really, really demonstrated resiliency and stepped up to the plate over the last year. Do you have a sense of when people will be fully vaccinated? Yeah. So our second round of vaccinations for uh, the residents are the week of April 26th. I believe you'll kind of extend out two weeks past that. And that's when you can state that you're fully vaccinated. It'll be another celebratory week and another week where we can just that window of hope opens up a little bit wider. And more cake. More cake. Always cake. (laughs) We always find reasons to eat, dance, sing. That's the Queen's Manor way for sure. Well, thanks very much, Andrew, for joining us today. This was a great conversation. Listen, I I can't express my appreciation enough for asking to do this, and thank you. Well, I always have questions about cake, but I think that's going to be another episode. Thank you so much, Andrew. That was a great interview. For more information on today's topic, including links to documents and other sources of information, please visit our Facebook page, Queen's Community Health Board, or call me, Elizabeth Bailey, at 902 Three five zero zero four seven eight. Thanks for listening, and tune in next time to the Community Health Cast.